This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. And we're going to be continuing our series on words. Uh, if you have your insert, you can look at the back. If you have your version phone, I was showing Frank this morning. If you have version, you can go on the version and slide over in your menu where it says more. And go down to events and hit events and all of our sermon notes are in there and the scriptures and all that. And you can actually type stuff in there uh, while the service is going on. You can take that with you and keep it. So uh, we're excited about that. Feel free to use that. Hey, uh, you know, we're a family and I like to keep things real. But Riley, we, we are proud of you, buddy. Hey, stand up, Riley. He just told me this morning that he got he is uh, getting signed with the California Angels, and uh, you can tell he's a pitcher. So, uh, Riley, we're excited for you. We're excited for you, and it's been fun watching God moving in your life since we've gotten to know you. Another thing I'm excited about, guys, last week so many people either rededicated their life to the Lord or they came to Jesus for the very first time, and I'm seeing so many of their faces here today. So we give you praise for that. Amen, amen, amen. God is good. You know, until we understand the value of of words, I believe we don't truly value life. Until we understand the value of words, I don't know if we truly understand the value of life. You know, Proverbs 18.21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I like the way the message reads. It says, words kill, words kill, or words give life. They're either poison or they are fruit. Is there any in between there? Words are either poison or words are fruit. Words either kill or words either give life. Amen. That's what the scripture says. And then the message Bible says this. You choose. You choose. So today we have a choice whether we're going to be a giver of good words or bad words. Whether we're going to be a giver of poisonous words or we're going to be a giver of fruitful words. And you know, some of us are even on the the, uh, receiving end of that. To where we have people give us words that are either poisonous words or words that kill and words that are derogatory. And we have to take, we have to accept, we have to have that done to us. It's almost like a a form of abuse to where people use words to kill us and to put poison. We're the recipient of that or we can be the recipient of words that bring life. And you know, I I like keeping it real with the church body, but... um, uh, there is a big emptiness in my heart when um, our council member Vicky and Chris and their family took off to Florida. And, and it, it's just kind of been a, an, an empty uh, time because when I love as a pastor, I love deep. And it seems like there's a lot of people moving around or, or in transition. And uh, when I love, I love deep. And so there's been like this kind of an emptiness and, and kind of a sadness in my heart. And I was like, man, I got to get up and preach today that there's this sadness in my heart. But today I was a recipient. I was a recipient of somebody choosing their words not to come in and dump 
or to come in and tell me something terrible or something bad that was going on. But I, I was a recipient of, of Jamie and Frank coming in today and just saying, hey, pastor, it's been on our heart to say this to you and to say this to you and to say this to you. And, and it was just encouragement after encouragement. We're here because we heard about this sermon about words and we want to hear that. And the, we've heard so much good things going on with the church and what happened last week. Man, we had to be here and, and, and all this. You know what it did? It took an emptiness, and I began to be filled with confidence and filled with joy. So I was a recipient of somebody who chose words to be life and chose words to give fruit to me today. You choose. What are your words going to be to your children? What are your words going to be to your spouse? What are your words going to be to the people at work and to the, the people that's your neighbors and the people that are in your life? And I ask you today, are you a person that's giving life or are you a person that's giving death with your words? And here's the deal. You know, sometimes when somebody's just crazy with their mouth and they're so mean-hearted with their mouth and, and, and they're just ugly with their words and stuff, you know, we almost need to look at those people and say, something happened. Something happens. Something's wounded. To me, when people rail out with their words and they rail out with things, to me, it's a wounded heart. So there's a lot of things I believe God wants to do in this series today. I think He's going to teach us to be accountable to it for our words. I think He's going to teach us to set some boundaries to where we're, we don't let some words into our life. We like put a protection around us. And I also think He's going to heal people who have been recipients of words that have paralyzed and plagued you for years. Are you all with me? How many know that, that bridges can be burnt, blown up with words? We blew up the bridge between God and human beings, but there was a bridge. Jesus sent, God sent His Word. God sent words to us. How many know that Jesus is the Word? So He sent words to a broken relationship. There may be broken relationships where, where, where the bridge is blown up in a marriage or the bridge is blown up from a, a parent to, a, to a, a, a child or somewhere. The bridge is blown up on a lifelong friend that you always had. The bridge is blown up. Well, just, be, just like the bridge was blown up and Jesus became that bridge and we responded to those words and we have relationship with Him, I believe that we can build back bridges. I believe we can build back bridges with our words that can bring us back in relationship with people we love. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that there's an anointing in the house. Lord, he that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. And Father, I pray that, 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 that this message will sink in our hearts and we won't just be playing church today, but God, we'll be changed and transformed into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 12, 33 through 37 says, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, the fruit will be bad. The tree here, write it in your Bibles, in your notes. The tree here is the heart. And the fruit is the mouth or the words that you speak. So a tree is identified. A heart is identified by the fruit or the words that come out of your mouth. Then Jesus talks to the Pharisees about words, and he uses this analogy, and he, and he says this, for, for whatever is in your heart, 
the tree determines what you say, the fruit that comes out. A good person, how many want to be a good person? A good person produces or speaks good things from, where is it coming from? From the treasury of a good heart. An evil person, does anybody here want to be evil? An evil person produces or speaks evil or hurtful things from the treasury of an evil heart. Now watch this scripture because there's two strong words here from Jesus. And I tell you this, that you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word. Did I write this or did God write it? For every idle word that you speak, the words you say will either acquit, they'll exonerate you, or the words that you say will convict or condemn or sentence you. So Jesus made it real clear here. I want to just ask you something, if you don't care. May, may, I, just kind of, may I just kind of speak freely for a minute? May, may I just speak freely? Really, I, I just want to speak freely. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm setting you guys up. I'm setting you up. When I asked the question, most said yes. But the answer is no. It's a big lie to think that you can speak freely. Because I'm telling you that words cost you something. The truth is words can cost you something with God. Words can cost you something with others. If you speak to someone in a, in a wrong way or an illful way, it will cost you something. Brothers and sisters, I'm thankful that we live in, in a country where we have the right to the freedom of speech. Amen? Free speech. We have the right to free, free speech. However, we cannot confuse that freedom with the lie that words are free. Because we're accountable to God. The scripture says we're accountable to God and we're accountable to others for the words that we speak. You know, the First Amendment says this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion for prohibiting the free exercise thereof or the abridging the freedom of free speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble themselves and to petition the government for a redress of governments. I know our rights. I know America has free, free speech. I get that. I agree with all that. I'm happy for that freedom. But just because we have that right doesn't mean that we can just say anything that we want. And have no accountability to God. Does that mean that we can just spout our mouths off and, and just speak whatever pops in our head and say, well, it just doesn't matter. I can just blow up and say whatever I want and it just disappears. It doesn't matter. I can say anything to my wife and it doesn't cost me. Ooh, I didn't mean it quite like that. Actually, there's some truth there. It can cost you in that area too. I can say anything to friends, family members, co-workers, no filters, no accountability. Nobody tell me if I can or can't. No, no, no accountability. The words are just free. I'm telling you, they're not free. I'm not free. Brothers, sisters, we are in a country that has free speech, but we are citizens of another country whose king and kingdom is higher. 
I'm telling you that America and other other uh, countries will pass away, but God's word shall abide forever. I'm telling you that God is still going to be in control when, when America's long gone and not even thought of anymore. I have an allegiance to Jesus, and kings and queens will go, but Jesus lasts forever. Just because it's legal isn't the point. The bigger question, is it right? And what does God have to say about it? You know, it's legal in parts of Nevada. Prostitution is legal. But does that make it right? When you stand before God, because I'm talking about accountability, because words cost you something with God and with others. Do you think when you, go, when you stand before God and you're like, hey, uh, prostitution, uh, yeah, I was with a prostitute, but hey, God, it's legal in Nevada. I wasn't breaking any rules or anything. How many think that's going to stand up in God's court? You know, it may be legal. Some things may be legal in our land. You know, there's places where polygamy are practiced. There's things. Things may be legal in our land. But my question is, is it right? You know, I respect uh, Bill O'Reilly, and I I respect what he says. But I, I also don't just take in everything that everybody says. And Bill O'Reilly said something that I don't know if I'm in agreement with. Most of what he says I do agree with. But one thing he says, we're entitled to our opinions. That's why we're Americans. I think we are entitled to an opinion. But if our opinions go outside God's word, should we be having them? I'll tell you what, I see people making mindsets and and setting um, standards or principles they're going to live by, but they've found out from a, a school they've been in or something that they just felt or this is the way I feel about it. And I'll see these strong convictions and these standards and, and these mindsets, and, and they'll be real strong on them. This is what I believe. And I'm, I'm a studier of the Bible, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I don't see anything in the Word that backs up that kind of a mindset. That kind of a, uh, of a standard. So I don't think you can say, you, you are entitled to your opinions. But I'll tell you what's wrong with a lot of things is our opinions and our mindsets and our philosophies that we create inside of us. I, I pray, one of the prayers I pray every day for, for my children is I say, Lord, let as they're forming their mindsets and they're forming their philosophies and they're forming what they're going to believe about stuff and standards they're going to have, I pray to God that it will be formed with an intelligence of the Word of God and a respect to what God says. And when it's outside of the Word of God, then it's a lie. And it's not true. So, so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. But this thought hit me t- this week when I, was, when I was thinking about people's words and, and freedom of speech and, and, and that, that we can just spout off stuff and it doesn't even matter. And I just wrote this down when I was praying this week. Uh, I, I'm like, with some people I'm like, filter please. Filter please. Run your words through a filter. Come on. You're killing everybody around you. Filter, please. We need a filter between our heads and our mouth. We need some filters. The scripture even says that in Psalms 41, 41, 3. It says this. 
It says, set a guard. Set a guard over my mouth. Take control over what I say. Keep watch. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Psalm 39.1 says this. I said, I will. Everybody say, I will. I will guard my ways. Now watch this statement. Lest I, everybody say that with me. Can we sin with our tongue? I I, got to guard my ways lest I, everybody say that, sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth. I love New King James Version on this. With a muzzle. Now I know some of us would look a little funny with that, but maybe we need some muzzles on our mouths, all right? He's where the wicked are before me, all right? Have you ever said I probably shouldn't say this? And then what do you do? And then what do you say? I wish I wouldn't have said that. Husbands, how many times have you came home and the Holy Spirit, or maybe even common sense, it could just be common sense, that the Holy Spirit and just pure common sense says, I not only wouldn't address that, I would go get a shower, put your best clothes on, and tell her you want to take her out to supper tonight. And what do we do? We don't listen, we don't put on filters, and we still say it. And we still bring it up. And then I hear this. I'm just a person that's got to um, talk about it right when it happens. Well, that's the problem with most relationships is it's about I. Is it about I or is it about the other person? You know, if another person needs that space, give them that space. And don't give me that, well, we got to talk about this now because that's my personality. I and my seems awful loud right there. But we need to put that other person first. Filters, please. Filters, please. The good news is our words are an investment that can build people up and not tear them down. How many choose to build up? Amen? Words hurt is number two. So number one is words hurt. Number two is words, number one is words cost. Number two are words hurt. Here's the lie with this one. Words don't hurt if you say, I was only joking. I'm just kidding. Jeez. Come on, every one of you guys done that. You spout something off and then they you get a reaction and you're like, jeez, ah, and you put it all on them. I'm a master at that one. No, no, I don't be proud of that one. But I have you know I've done that. Come on now. You guys are looking at me like you're Miss Her Holy Roller right there. You guys have done it too. Look at me with that super church mentality and you don't do that. I know you do it. I was just joking. Jeez, Carmen. Settle down a little bit. <laughs> I know I'm talking about <laughs> She's got a protection club, my wife. Hey, let's look at Proverbs 26, 18, because I'm getting ready to get nailed to the wall here by the Word of God. You know, sometimes sometimes messages are hard to preach because you, like, stink at it, and you're like, who am I to get up there and say it? 
guys, my mouth gets me in trouble so much. <laughs> if I could only tell you, it's got me. I've suffered this week from my stupid mouth. Uh, my mouth gets me, and I know it. I know it. And, I, and I'm like, God, God, you stupid. You got it, Brian. Jeez. Um, but anyway, hey, God's word's true, amen? Just because your pastor ain't perfect at it don't mean we don't preach about it, right? Just as damaging. Look at this Psalm, Proverbs 26, 18, 19. Just as damaging. I think this is an amazing scripture. As we're, as we're reading this scripture, think about the violence in South Chicago and the death that we hear every weekend. You know, I can't get on this, and I'm just going to make a statement so you guys can kind of like have it in your head. I've heard about South Chicago for years, but in the last year, it's, I don't know if I can just hear about it anymore. I've been praying for three months, what do you want Church on the Rock to do about the violence in South Chicago? And I think at some point I'm going to stand up here and say, man, God's told me we need to do this as a church. So just be ready. I don't know what it is yet. But just as damaging as a madman or a crazy person in South Chicago, just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon and killing little kids and killing innocent bystanders. And and, and we saw what happened in in England. Was it England where the terrorist attack was this week? That crazy madman running people over. But just as damaging, brothers and sisters, we got to get it in our head that our mouths are just as damaging, just as damaging. As a madman shooting a deadly weapon. If someone who lies or deceives a friend and just says, damage done. Oh, I'm just joking. Just joking. A madman in a city shooting people with deadly weapons is someone who says things derogatory, deceptive, degrading, manipulative. To a friend and then says, I just messing around, just kidding you. The truth is, is words hurt. Words hurt. You know, I'm a simple person and I just write down thoughts when I pray about stuff. I was thinking how bad words hurt. I think words are words are worse than a toothache. Anybody ever had a toothache? There ain't nothing worse than a toothache. A bad toothache. Who's ever had a bad toothache? You know, words are kind of the same way. They're like a toothache. And it just, oh, it aches so bad and hurts so bad and you just can't do anything to relieve that pain. All right? You know, I'm also a person that believes that sometimes you can say things in a humorous way. Like we've had some humor today. And I think there's a fine line, because I'm not telling you you can't use humor. Because sometimes humor and saying something to somebody kind of softens it. Are you all with me? It kind of softens it so you can say something in a humorous way. I think the only way you can say things in a humorous way to people is I think you really have to put your heart on trial and see if you are saying it. To me, it's the attitude of the heart. To me, if you're saying things in a humorous way, but the attitude of your heart is you are ticked off and you want this person to pay and to hear what they're doing and you kind of got a, one of these and you're doing it, but you're smiling as you're just stabbing them to death and it's joke. That's an issue of the heart and I think that's a lethal weapon. 
and you're a madman. <laughs> Some of you, <laughs> madman. Ma- we can be madmen with our mouths. But I think sometimes you can. It's a, you know, there was something, I wish I could use an example because um, it's a perfect example, but I can't use the example. But there is something that happened, and it's not in the church. It was actually something outside of Church on the Rock. And there were two people I could call and say something to them about it in a joking way. And one, I, I could literally use the exact same words in the exact same structure of the sentence, and I could say something in a joking way to one of them to get a point across, and it would be no big deal. We'd laugh, and, and I wasn't trying to stab or hurt him. But this other person, who I felt some pain from and different things from, and I questioned him and stuff, I could say the very same thing, the very same sentence structure to them, but it would be sin from my mouth to do it in a joking way because the attitude my heart's wrong. I'm telling you, really be tough on yourself and, and don't, don't give yourself any loopholes because your words are life or death. And, and I'm not kidding. I was knelt down on that floor and I said, Lord, I just want this church to use their mouths to help people. I just want husbands and fathers and I, I, just, I just want us all to, to do right with our words. That's my whole heart in giving you this sermon. I just want us to do right. I want us to choose. I want us to filter. I want us to think before we talk. Because I, it, I, some of you are so hurt. Um, you know, that brings us to the last point is words last. The lie is that words just evaporate. And you can say words and, you know, those kind of disappear. You ever said that something and you thought, how come that was such a big deal? Like, have you ever said something to somebody and you're like, you thought it wasn't a big deal and they just react so crazy? The reason is because the force, the force is already there. Are y'all with me? Sometimes you get a reaction when you say something. You're like, geez, I wasn't, I didn't think that was too bad what I said. But here's the issue is there's tree after tree after tree has been planted in this person's head for years. You are just the fire that lit the, the forest on fire. You're just the spark that lit the forest on fire, and you get a reaction. Because words last. Words last. Words, they don't evaporate. You know, it still was very um, amazing to me. It was so amazing to me. Man, I'm looking around and seeing faces that I know God is just doing so much in their life and seeing them back in church. Oh, it's exciting to see that. So, excuse me a minute. I kind of lost my train of thought because I saw some more people. I was excited to see them again today. But, um, you know, that really hit me when Megan, is it Megan Kelly? With the, You guys have heard me say this before, but I want to say it again. And again, this isn't a Donald Trump, Megan Kelly thing. It's because I, I don't care on all that stuff. I just want you to hear the point. She is a successful, um, what do you call what she does, like a anchor, news, huh? commentator, you guys, successful. She's successful. I mean, she's, to get, uh, I, I, I think she's a pretty cool lady and a strong woman. I think she's a strong lady. But she said, 
when that problem came between her and Donald Trump, if I can just paraphrase what I felt I heard her saying, it was like revert back to junior high and hearing every word that was ever said to her and crawling in a corner and laying down and putting her thumb in her mouth and saying, uh, uh, just pain. It paralyzed her. I, I, I listened to a, 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 a broadcast thing where they were interviewing her, and I was like, wow. But then I started thinking, there's certain things that paralyze me. How many of you, certain situations come up and you like go back to a moment or to a place and you just can't climb past that? There has to be a healing. There has to be a healing. You know, when Paul tells us to forget those things which are behind and press forward, um, when he tells us that, When he tells us that, anybody got any readers? Jeez. My Bible's really, you know when Paul says, uh, put away those things, or, you guys have done this too. Put, I mean, <laughs> listen to this, depression is focusing on the past or past situations and mistakes that you've not yet accepted. Anxiety is focusing on a future or a potential future situation that has not yet or may not even happen. But wherever you are, you've got to live in the presence wherever you are. Be all there. Paul told us to press, strain, strive to live in that present or that current. We need to live in the presence. But here's what I wanted to write. Only, I wrote this in my Bible, this is all new to me. Only, I'm going to preach this sometime, you're going to hear this again. Only, this is going to be a full sermon. Only, only brief visits to the past. I felt the Lord say, only brief visits to the past are allowed. For inner healing, brief visits to the past are allowed because sometimes when you're exalted, you need to remember where you came from so you keep humble. And brief visits to the past is so is if you ever go back and tell a story. And the only reason you're telling it is so you can help somebody. All right? Uh, it's Philippians 3, like, um, maybe like 9 through 12 or something. I'd have to get those readers back to, <laughs> to, tell, to tell you that for sure. But you guys know that where Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. Brayden, if you can give me like two minutes and then the team come. But the, um, I, I felt an anointing on this. I'm going to ask you to do something in just a minute. Our prayer team's ready, but, but I'm going to ask you in a minute, if there's a place that you just, when it happens, you just go paralyzed and you like revert back and it, and it makes you where you're dysfunctional words that have been said unto you. I, I'm just curious. Does anybody have that? Let me see your hand. You just you just get paralyzed when certain things happen. Anybody else? Just raise them all over the... It just... Jeez, and you're... I, I really believe it's okay. To, it's great to hear the word. But I'm a believer that psychology is great. And talking to people is great. I'm a believer in that. I'm a believer in getting help. 
But I also believe that only God can heal the brokenhearted. I think we need both. I think we need both. And what I'm going to ask today when we get to the altar call, what I'm going to ask today is if you have been a recipient of words that just really are messing you up to this day. Certain words that were on me before I got my freedom and healing, it affected my marriage, it affected relationship, it affected so many areas of my life. And I'm still working on a few that I'm being healed from. Are you all with me? Actually, when I told you there's been so much loss lately with people moving and people gone, but that's a root in me. That's a root I'm working on, just to be honest with you. I, I don't do well with, with, with I, I take that as um, rejection, you might say. So, so, so that's something that I'm still being healed from. But guys, listen, God can heal your heart today. The, the people that are praying for you, you've got some choices. Because I think everybody's kind of different. Some people would rather be alone and just talk to God about it. Do it like that if you want to. And maybe I'll be walking around or something or we'll lay hands on you. And then some of you would be like, man, I would like somebody to pray for me. But I'm going to ask the altar team, not a lot of talk, but just you don't even have to know what the root is. But if they want to tell you, it'd be nice if you could say the root. Man, this is the root. This is the thing in my heart that hurts. It'd be nice if you could say that. But then altar team, I just want you to lay hands on them and say, God, I pray that you would heal the broken heart. And I want you to believe for a healing. I want you to believe God. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you as a grown adult to be pulled clear back in time to a place where you were wounded. He wants to heal. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And He's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive. Guys, I'll just share my dad and mom. My dad and mom were so tough on me. To even, I remember building this church and hanging a piece of sheetrock. And people were waiting on me, and there were people there that was like my dad's age. And I was getting the drill up there, and I was trying to drill the sheetrock into the stud. And all I could hear was my dad saying, hurry up! Come on, are you stupid? Get the... And he cussed bad. Get the blank screw in. How long are we going to hold it? Let's go, let's go. And I just was like, when he'd do that, I did made it even worse. And you'd be like, jeez. And you got where you couldn't do it even more. You was feeling the pressure. And I'm a probably a 45-year-old man at that time having a flashback of hearing that. But see, that's a wound that needs healed. Thank you, Lord. Would you just rise to your feet, you that have a wound, and just walk forward? Just walk forward. You heard Braden singing about coming to the arms of a loving father. 
I want you just to come and I want you to see God's arms out to you. If you have a wound in your heart, I want you to just stand and come. Just stand and come. To me, at church, there's three things that happen. Worship of God, preaching of the Bible, and the third thing is prayer. Come on up, guys, and come across the front. Amen. It, prayer is a part of a service. Come on, there's some more of you that just need a healing in your heart. And Braden's going to sing some songs. And I want you just to continue to come. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.